0: Welcome to the Activating Consciousness podcast platform this platform is an amalgamation of a number of platforms from HexoChange including Activating Consciousness, the Right Here Right Now live show, the Inside Out show and also the repurposing of a number of blogs, vlogs, poems and other forms of media that all combined together are here to offer you the opportunity to raise the level of consciousness in yourself, in those around you, and in society at large. We believe at Hexo Change that we are on the cusp of an exponential shift in human consciousness, unleashing the potential that we have never imagined possible. We hope to go on that journey with you together and feel free to subscribe at hexochangenow.com, one word, for regular updates. See you around.
1: Hey, that's recording.
0: Let's leave that bit in because my previous podcast was value through vulnerability. So for anyone that's wondering what we're going on about, I didn't hit the record button. So welcome, Helen, <laughs> to the conversation today. How are you doing?
1: Good, thank you. Yeah. Lovely sunny, snowy day.
0: Oh, well, look, I'd just really love for people to just know a little bit more about you as we get going today. So you very kindly were the brave soul that joined me on my first episode of the value through vulnerability podcast all those months ago in may 2018 so i'm sure you've changed a lot the world's changed a lot since then so maybe give us a bit of an update as to you know who, who is helen and what you're working on right now
1: mm. yeah god it doesn't seem like a lifetime ago may 2018 <laughs> and funnily enough that was just um so june july august that was just three months before um before I started working with Piers and Obviously you'd worked with him in the June, is that right?
0: The August was for me actually. Yeah. I think I think it was the August. Oh, I was think. it
1: the August as well? Yeah. Oh it must have been really close then. Um so yeah, so that kind of rocked my world because um it completely turned everything on its head that I'd been doing for the previous, well, at least five years longer from a personal development perspective. Um, and yeah, since then I've been in like well, however the how long that is, almost three years it'll be this year um, of exploration in spirituality, and and something which I never thought I would go near because I associated spiritual with religion, and I'd put the lid on religion, going no, I don't like that, and so therefore I just I, and actually I thought spirituality was all hippy dippy floaty. Like you've got to do certain practices and you've got to wear certain clothes and <laughs> and all that kind of thing, um, which I think it has that reputation a lot. And it's not that there's anything wrong with those things, but that's I, I did actually at that time. I thought that stuff was wrong. I thought that's stupid. That's pointless. Why would anybody do those things? But actually what Piers showed me was that there was a whole other realm of spiritual understanding, which really has nothing to do with those Practices. There's a whole different way of, of accessing beyond thought and beyond the intellect and beyond what we think we know about the world. Um, and really, yeah, opened a, a massive doorway. Uh, yeah, kind of, um, well, I guess, into fundamentally into who we really are. So prior to our, our ideas of who we think we are, there's this abundance of possibility and potential which gets limited because we think we're just this we think we're this limited person we think we can only do x y or z and, and we can't do a b and c and uh so yes it's kind of it's opened a whole different different world for me over the last few years and gradually gradually moved that into my business and into my work and so that's what i now do with clients in various ways
0: <clears throat> it's really interesting to me. would you mind speaking I'm sorry, like the po- this podcast of course is called activating consciousness and we'll go and maybe have an exploration around what that means to each of us um for, for the listener helen but it feels like something shifted in a significant way for you but then was it that significant i'm just wondering what can, can you remember that moment was, was there i'm not saying there was one aha but is there a moment in time where you suddenly you can remember how you felt when something just went pop
1: completely yeah and it was like one big aha (laughs) and yeah there's since been some others but but initially yeah within gosh it was probably only within a few weeks of working with peers actually and I um I was getting ready in the morning in the shower thinking about my day ahead and thinking oh that's good I'm going to be home fairly early for the kids um after being late last night and I had this thought of oh that means I'm a good mum thank god it was like this fleeting yeah oh that means I'm a good mum and then in the seeing of that there was just this whole collapse of ideas so within that I could see the conditioning from my mum from society about what counts as a good mum what I should do what I shouldn't do yeah how I should apparently be to be okay for my kids and the whole thing just collapsed internally (laughs) And and then I felt this like, um, yeah, I just can't describe it any other than a big solid lump in my stomach, which came up through my chest, into my throat, it kind of stuck in my throat for a bit. And then there was just sobs, absolute deep sobs, um, like a huge cathartic release. And then there just were massive smiles. So while there was still some sobbing happening, (laughs) then I started grinning. And, and I find myself first of all in my head and then out my mouth just going, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. Like, and there was just this real fundamental knowing of that okayness that we really are. And I think I probably spent about three days just walking around in this love filled haze of that, that experience and um, and yeah, and it's never, things have never been the same since in a very, in a very good way. And that doesn't mean it's the end of the journey. Like we, off, I think we think we have these misconceptions about oh, we'll have these a big awakening or a big enlightenment moment, and then that'll be it. We'll be we'll be done for the rest of our lives. And that's not how it works for most people, because from a um, a brain perspective, the the capacity of the left hemisphere, <clears throat> where the egoic thought happens, generally it's it's so um, it's so capable of of reformatting itself and coming back online perhaps with a slightly different form or and some of the old form as well but it can it, it comes back in and it can resubsume some of the the old stories and some of the old patterning so it's not like a a once and done thing and which is why people say you know in, in spiritual traditions if you if somebody says they're awakened they're not because if you're saying that then you you know you've clearly got ideas about what awakening is and that you should be there and and there's there's clearly a self there that thinks it can be and so it's it's that thing of yeah it's not an end of a journey but it's um yeah for sure it was a big moment it was um yeah never forgetting forgetting forgotten
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm just really intrigued was it at all scary for you in that moment in any way, in terms of what stories you told? Or was it literally just a big release?
1: Yeah, yeah, just a big release. Yeah, no fear. And that's the thing, because in the absence of thought, there's no fear. Fear only comes with thought. And, and yeah, so all the fears of the mind about what might happen to me are never founded. And, um, and yeah, in the absence of that is just what's happening and the connection with that and the doing of that and, and the flow with that. Um, so yeah, no, the, 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 if there was ever any fear about it, that would always come prior. <gasps> What's going to happen to me? As, as, and as I thought when I went into that work with peers, I remember saying, possibly to you as well, am I gonna become a zombie? Am I gonna lose all ability to connect with other people? And because that's what the mind will say, it, it thinks that it is the one making you be a human being. But actually, it is the one limiting your humanness. It's the one limiting connection. So it's it's really quite hilarious that the very thing that it thinks it's um, protecting you from is the very thing that, <laughs> that is wanted.
0: So what, what I'm so fascinated, about, and another shout out to Piers as you said, like he he certainly helped me when I, I for, for me what was really intriguing, probably a bit in my own interpretation in my words was a little bit less profound but I can't say that because your experience is your experience but in terms of my sensing like in the moment when I was in this pub garden on day two of the retreat with peers, I just remember sitting there just looking around at the birds going this is nice nice pub garden we all remember what that used to be like hopefully it'll come back but I just sat there and just had this oh my god so when I had that like mini burnout that I've spoken about very publicly, when I like got really in my head, I thought like I shouldn't be here, I shouldn't work here, I'm not being seen for the gifts that I have. Why won't someone acknowledge me? That was just all my thinking going rah, 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 until I went boom,
1: mm.
0: and it was just in that moment sitting in that pub car, I just sat there and similar sort of things went pop, and I went, well, that was silly, wasn't it? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was, there wasn't any big rage or upset or like you fool and self-loathing. It was literally just like literally like a balloon popping and pop yeah, went, yeah,
1: yeah
0: that was really weird like why'd I do that and but what I'm really interested in with this because I'd, I'd like us to try and where we can Helen try and make this actionable as best we can in terms of invitations like we're not we're not offering anything yeah. per se apart from invitations to explore yeah and I'm just wondering we've both given an example do we do your clients maybe let's go go that lens have, have you really seen any like marked shifts in people that you work with through them experiencing this this understanding Mm. that you now have
1: Mm, yeah and um and different for different people Mm. the common theme would be greater sense of calm and um flow and peacefulness with what's happening and yeah i guess that sense of okayness um but I've also had ones where for example one that really struck me was a leader who brilliant brilliant person who um was very capable operationally in the business it's such a common story as well I've seen it all all through my career very capable operationally moves into a senior leadership role is still drawn into the operation instead of working at strategic level and so then feels pulled in two directions with the the MD or CEO or whoever saying, no, 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 be more strategic. And the team and operational stuff going, no, 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 but we need you here. So she, yeah, she had a massive insight about her need to be needed, creating that situation. So it's not about the team. And this is the biggest thing from this work for me, where before it really looked like the outside world was the problem. It really looked like, oh, that team must need some development or those suppliers must need some communication to know the role boundaries of what she does versus what they do versus what the team do. No, none of that. (laughs) Because in the instant of her seeing the truth and the confusion, not the truth, the confusion of that belief of needing to be needed. And like you say, the balloon popping, the balloon absolutely popped for her in that moment. And then a few weeks later, she's like, my team are amazing having gone from thinking they were incapable and couldn't do their jobs and were too needy, she's like, well, no, they're incredible. We came together for, this was a brief period when we were allowed to come together. We came together for a meeting and they were all supportive of each other and they were all offering to help each other out, even like working across brands. They'd never done that before. Um, and suppliers are now going to them for, with their questions. And she said, and I've noticed how I'm like coaching them now instead of telling them. And I'm getting really curious about what's going on for them and what they think they could do to solve it. And Whereas before I'd just be in there giving advice, advice, advice. And none of that came from, here's some training in how to be a coach. Here's some training in how to delegate to your team. None of that. Everything we're looking for really is already here. And and as I said before, like the, the removal of the confusion in the way then just allows that to be to happen, it allows that to, to be your experience. And so yeah, there's such an ease to this when you yeah, when you recognize that as you did in that moment in the in the pub garden, you then you then didn't have to do anything, did you, to maintain an idea of of okayness or um or or anything to fix that previous experience even like it's all it, it yeah it's all happening how it needs to happen and and then there's just more Gary in the world and there's more of my clients in the world there's more me in the world so yeah
0: it's a really thank you for sharing it's such a powerful example because what's coming up for me really powerfully as as you share that is do we give ourselves because it does start with us as you say do we give ourselves permission to slow down and to actually just be like still because i know i'm really bad at that um and i just wonder you know we've had a few discussions before about like it's a choice you know you can do meditation some people do different things to try and get to that state of delayering, for for want of another word is is, is, is stillness important or is it actually, this can happen anytime for anybody. It just depends on where the mind is in that moment. Literally, they could be. I'm just wondering yeah, yeah, yeah. for anyone listening to us.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> so for sure it can happen spontaneously, definitely. And people just have dropping away and realizations and it never comes back again. Like the confusion never comes back again the same as it did before. Um, so there's a distinction between the direct path and the progressive path. So the direct path is this work that that I do and that you did with peers, where we're going directly to, um, to awareness, to consciousness, to the ground of our being, and the progressive path is where you're first of all going out towards something. So you're using a tool or mechanism like meditation, or a mantra, or anything like that, as a yeah, as you said, it's a it's a delayering tool still. Uh, it still gets to the same end result. It's just that progressive path goes, goes to it via something else. Um, and direct and progressive doesn't necessarily mean, so direct is generally faster, but it doesn't necessarily mean there's a guaranteed time scale. But for sure, there's no requirement of, like meditation, you'd hear people say about, you have to do a certain number of hours to to really be getting to the, the levels of clarity that you might otherwise get to much more, more quickly in the direct path. But there's no, um, so there's no like time and grade, you know, there's no kind of, oh, you, you have to be in this exploration for a year before you'll have a big insight. None of that. Yeah, it, as it happened with both of us, you know, it happened really pretty quickly for that initial shift to happen. Um, Cause yeah, it's just, it's going straight there. So it doesn't mean, yeah, And it, I've meditated due, since that happened. We both meditated before, didn't we? Yes, yes. So mine stopped in that October 18, I stopped completely because so it just didn't seem to make sense to do. And since then, then, occasionally meditation happens. but it's now no longer as it was previous to then it was oh, I need to meditate in order to be okay. It was absolutely a tool to keep myself on the straight and narrow and keep myself being a nice person <laughs> as it looked like I needed. <coughs> um, since then, if meditation's happened, it's just been, huh, yeah, I kind of feel like meditating. So there's none of this, none of this prescribes a way of, of having to be. So people can have um, significant awakenings and realizations and have a, a very thin layer of self in the way and be incredibly active in the world. So it doesn't require, because the stillness is now within, you don't need to now do a practice to be still. Stillness is just the innate being within and the, and the connection to that means that you can do anything on the surface because stillness is always there. So then, yeah, it's, it's off the table in terms of how, what I should now do, or how I should be, or, you know, go for your life, the whole world's available to play with. You don't have to follow a set of practices or habits, or if you want to, then fine, but there's no requirement
0: thank you for describing the sort of direct and progressive because I've not thought about it in that lens before and like you said there's no judgment in that like it's just in that moment you make you make that decision what I'm interested in though again as we as I believe we're experiencing as people are becoming more conscious and maybe let's have a chat about that before we wrap up today what do we mm-hmm. think that actually means I'm getting a sense of there's a letting go as well of attachment to an outcome Mm -hmm. so like as you said to be a good mum I don't need to be doing x for me to be a decent human being I don't need to be need to be doing y -hmm. in order to get to that state and that letting go thing I think for me certainly it's been quite scary
1: Mm. what's been scary about
0: it in past months because there is such an because there's such an identity wrapped up in that thing As you know, my journey in in, in years gone by, you know, so much identity wrapped up in when I get the car, when I get the Mm. house, when we have the Mm. nice holiday, like it's all signals of success Mm. and actually allowing all of that to dissolve and go, actually, I don't need any of that for me to be the fullest, brightest version of me. That's a complete unlearning to everything that I'd been taught and picked up from an early age Mm. through the Western system up until a few years ago. So I think that's that's what I speak about in terms of the letting go. Is that the freedom's amazing when you do, <laughs> but yeah,
1: yeah.
0: but but yeah, there's there's there's, a, there's an interesting delayering process. So there was for me anyway of of letting go.
1: Yeah, well that yeah the idea of self is just all about outcome. It's all about now isn't okay. There will be better and and so there is the outcome that it's always chasing oh just over there just over there just over there the grass is always greener 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 and and that's really what happens you know happened in your experience with burnout and other people's perhaps more of that like oh what am i doing this for what's the point it's because that chasing of the self of over there over there over there eventually just yeah we 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 do start to look around and go hang on this, this can't be right, <laughs> like, you have done the education and I've got the car and I've got the house and I've got the family, why? There's something wrong with this picture, like I've been sold this story, really, it, like you say, it's a societal story and we've been sold it and we've believed it or the self hasn't believed it, it's been programmed in. And then thankfully, many people do now get to this place of going, no, nah, there must be something else, like <laughs> there has to be something else happening here and awesome because then that that opens the doorway and if it doesn't happen then that's fine too like there's really for me there's no right way to do life because that again would just be the the self going oh no my way is better than your way no there are like a myriad of seven billion different ways of doing this thing called life and we're each in our own and how brilliant that we get to engage in this whole massive play box of different ways of doing it and different ways of living it and if people want to do the stuff that I'm doing then amazing I love that but if they don't then that's brilliant too because we've all got our own our own paths we're we're treading and really really unique to each of us
0: oh I've got my I've got my old buzz coming on now Helen because of you the old head buzz is back (laughs) It's really interesting because why I'm explaining that is because what I really felt as you spoke then, I had this feeling within my mm. upper body. As you know, I'm diving a lot into like regenerative space beyond sustainability. So how, how, how do we create a world that is life-giving, which is what we come from? And that's what you're speaking to. Like our energy source, our essence is infinite,
1: mm. is mm.
0: abundant. It is regenerative by, by design because we are... Mm. We are spir- we are spiritual beings. Mm. So actually there is a it just really came up powerfully that like this work mm. is so important because it points us back towards what we already are, which is basically a, a complete infinite energy source. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Funnily enough, I was reading something yesterday wow. about um uh yes, it was quantum mechanics, um, and about electrons and how they never tire. Electrons never get tired. They they raise energy and they drop energy. So they so they take light in to, to raise their energy and they'll emit light to drop when they drop their energy. But they never actually get tired. They never run out of it. There's no end. And so when you kind of think about it in that context as well, then yeah, that's that's what we are. We we are that. And so equally, yeah, we we have times of higher energy and lower energy. But really, the essence that we are never actually gets tired. It's and and yeah, can't prove this, but it seems like when the body dies, the energy doesn't go anywhere. It's still here and may well come into form in a different different place as a bird or a tree or another person who knows. But yeah, the energy just is. <sighs>
0: Shivers. Thank you very much for that, Helen. That was was, um, really powerful. So let's have a little meander before we wrap up today, because I'm really enjoying this. So consciousness, it's a word. Mm. I've called this this, this podcast Activating Consciousness because I believe, and it's only my view, that we seem to be at an elevated state of awareness as to how the world is, what it could be, how do we want to fit in with that? And again, it's just an open exploration. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what, what does conscious, if you were going to describe it, uh, what does it mean to you to become, can we become more conscious or are we already fully conscious? And, mm-hmm. you know, so I'm just interested how, what, what that comes up. When I say activating consciousness, is it just a bit of a a, a crazy oxymoron or do you, do you see something in the message? I'm I'm not really sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I would I see that that consciousness is. So consciousness is like that energy that we're just talking about. It's it's here, it is everything, appearing in different forms. So consciousness always is, never goes anywhere, never changes, doesn't come and go, it it just is. And as we've talked through the conversation, all that happens is it gets veiled by ideas of oh no, but I'm just Helen and I can't do that because, or I want to do that, but I can't, or, oh, I've, I've got this far, but that's not good enough. I should be further. And so all that confusion veils the sort of pure expression of consciousness via the body-mind of Helen. And so I don't see that it's an activating. I see it's a revealing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that in the, the thinning of our confusion, that clarity that we already are gets revealed like the metaphor of the sky and, and the clouds is often used, isn't it? Of all the sun and the clouds. So it's like consciousness is the sun. It's always shining. It's always there. And just the clouds can come over sometimes. And we believe we're not capable. We believe we're less than, we believe we're just this separate individual person with no connection to anything else alone in a godless universe. And um, it's just the clouds are there and and while the clouds are there, it looks really convincing. But the sun is always shining; it never goes anywhere. So yeah, so probably less activation and more revelation for me.
0: Lovely ad, thank you. Oh damn it! Can I change the name of the podcast? No, I'm only joking. No. <laughs> um, but no, I, I love it though because I can, I can feel that actually, and I think it is a very, a very powerful example. I and mean, I love you that are kindly joining us today to so let us know what you think. Uh, as, as, as we talk through this discussion, um, I'm I'm so interested. You and I have had many debates about this. You know, when I look at like because this podcast exists to look at systems, as well as we sort of wrap up, and I find it really interesting. We look at organizational systems, financial systems. Would it be correct again? Correct in this moment as I interpret decisions that get taken that become systems. So the financial system or the whatever system the organizational system that at the end of the day is just thoughts in the moment that becomes a thing over time Mm -hmm. or someone makes a decision 400 years ago that Mm -hmm. led to something becoming law that then gets carried through by someone else that believes through thought that that is the way to do something is that a fair sort of summation as to how systems work Mm -hmm. it's literally just thought in the moment that just gets carried forward by other people or not. yeah,
1: every everything, yeah, is 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 thought made manifest thought made real. So yes, every system, every organization, everything that we can see is a thought brought into brought to life in form. So yeah, and, and some of them look really fixed and true. Like so Gary, yeah, that conversation on LinkedIn this morning, around essentially saying, why are we running the financial systems the way we are? Hoarding money and leaving others without any, where if it was monkeys, we'd be studying the monkeys going, what the hell are these monkeys up to? Hoarding bananas and letting some other monkeys starve. Apparently it's acceptable as human beings for us to do that. And the reason that reaction came up to that is because the, the strength of belief in that system is so strong that it looks like it's a real thing. It looks like it's a definite, fixed, objective, necessary thing for this world to go round, that we maintain the economic systems that we have in place currently. And it's yeah, as you know, it's not it's it was somebody made it up one day. I it was a great video talking about the origins of the finance financial system, which is quite scary in terms of how there's nothing actually behind it. Everything that we're trading with right now made of thin air with nothing backing it up. Um, so yeah, it's it's entirely a thought creation, and then people carry on the thoughts, and and which is why often our, in our family lines, you can see repeating behaviours of, of pattern patterns of behaviour, because ideas within the family are passed on as well, and um yeah, we're the kind of family who do x y or z, as if that's true, and of course it's not, and I think there is something happening, now in the world, I know that that there are other people who understand more than I do about a shift in the planetary stuff that's happening, mm. which is shifting us from a masculine primary energy to a feminine primary energy. And it's going to take a really long time. Like It's unlikely we're going to see it in our lifetimes, but there is this shift happening and that seems to be part of what's helping. Yeah. More people come to this kind of conversation, more people get involved with the kind of work that you're doing. Um, as, as yeah, as that, those questions start to raise around well no I don't have to do things the way my family have always done them and I don't have to do things the way society has always dictated so there does seem to be this yeah this 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 shift occurring
0: so so eloquent you're always so eloquent which is why I love speaking to you Uh, for those that know I've known Helen for a few years now and we do voice memo exchanges very often on this stuff (laughs) it's always a rich exploration and I I just love how you brought together the two things. You really helped me a while back when I was having that real in my head around obviously the George Floyd and a lot of the other challenges that, that, that we do experience are necessary to explore. But the realisation that, as you say, the system is held up by a beliefs. That's why it's a belief system. It's not a physical thing. Like we, like border control isn't real. Like I remember listening to um, Deepak Chopra in one of his with the um, Iranian, the first Iranian uh, woman, female,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. astronaut. And she said it, it it really angers me and I hope this is helpful for you if you're listening. It really angered her that up in space, when you look back at Earth, there are no borders. Yeah, there's natural borders of of like land to sea, mm-hmm. but there's no border between Canada and the US. There's no mm-hmm. border between England and Wales. Mm-hmm. It's all made up. Yeah. And we believe that illusion which yeah. makes it a country, which then makes us have land rights, which then makes us have access to finance but it is all made up like really it's actually really funny when you think about it on the one hand but terrifying that it could all collapse tomorrow as well
1: <laughs> yeah i suppose it's a great example where we are infinitely creative and we can we can create separations and difference anywhere like we can and we can create any systems we want as well like oh my goodness how much we've seen that through covid and now with brexit you know organisations having to be so adaptive and creative about right what do we do now because we can't keep doing what we've always done so we 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 just we can't help but create things out of thoughts that's that's what we do that's what we're designed for and all that's happened before now is because the primary thoughts have been coming via that masculine ego and very clear masculine not male masculine egoic self-centered in the in the like i believe i'm the separate self way I've got to protect myself I've got to yeah defend my kingdom inevitably it's going to create the systems that we've got yeah it's just that's just how it works is that logical
0: so fascinating and I love how you pointed out and I think it's, I just want to pick up on what Helen said for you that are listening like is masculine energy not gender it's a really important distinction yeah. because I think sometimes people get taken down a a different rabbit hole where they think we're talking about gender but it's actually the masculine feminine energy balance is what we're talking about
1: yeah yeah and we've all got both yes and we've probably all primarily been too far in the masculine or and and equally you know people and and, yeah and causing suffering really in in the presence of that in both genders because men aren't allowed to be fully expressive as men because they're not allowed to be in their feminine and women aren't allowed to be fully female because they're not allowed to be fully in their feminine either, actually, or, or then equally, if they go too masculine, then they get, they, they suffer for that too. So yeah, there's, fund, the thing, one of the cool things I've seen actually from this work is the return to that balance of masculine and feminine. I don't know whether you felt that, but I know I was very much in my masculine before coming to this. And I've really felt that shift back into, to the balance of masculine and feminine.
0: It's really interesting. I think I've always had a dominant fem- feminine energy within me, as in, like, innately. I think I've always skewed towards that, but I tried mm. very hard to maintain what I believed societally was the correct mm. white alpha male way to belong and to show up. So mm. I had a real tension as I went through my sort of teens and 20s in particular yeah. of, of trying to be what I believed I was meant to be versus settling into just being as you say, the, what did you use? The the revealed Gary, that he's just fine. <laughs> Whatever that balance looks like. Yeah, And I think that's also what blew my mind when we worked with peers. just like, so I got bullied as a kid, age 12, 13. I've been thinking about it for 20 years and I didn't need to do that. That was foolish.
1: <laughs> well, you no, know, so that that is just part of the journey. Yeah. There's a great book I read. Um, it talks about phase one and phase two of, of our lives. And in phase one of our lives, we have these experiences to convince ourselves that we're not amazing and we collect all this programming to convince ourselves we're not amazing and then we hopefully reach a point in around midlife where that starts to look less convincing and we start to not want to follow it and so phase two of our lives becomes the yeah the the opposite it becomes the unraveling the revealing the um the realization of what we are prior to all those things we collected in phase one of our lives so and and we all collect perfectly what's needed for us because then as has happened for you now that experience is now the gift it's the gift that allows you to talk about this stuff and connect with others and it's it's now the yeah it's the perfect thing to have happened to Gary and that's true of all of this whatever we've experienced in phase one it's the it's the there's a gold in the in the in the mine of that it's the there's a diamond within the coal you know and it's um yeah it's part of the experience that we go through
0: what an awesome way to wrap up yet another what a different conversation to episode one of any through vulnerability <laughs> when we're batting on about vulnerability and self-awareness and here's here's your what is it the trust equation <laughs> all of the nice logical stuff which is all fine at the time but <laughs> Wow.
1: Yeah, that, that's a great example of where, and, and this is because, yes, when I came into this, I kind of went through a phase of, oh, it's got to only be this now. Everybody must be doing this. Like, this is the only thing. And now really recognizing that, no, as I said before about the play box of things available, you know, for, for many people and for me, like the trust equation was brilliant. At that time, that was just what was perfect for that time. And there'll be millions of people out there today who are discovering it going, oh, amazing. This is just what I need. Perfect. And yeah. And if if people come to this stuff, as I said before, then great. But it's we get we get taken where we get taken. We go where we go. And it can't be any other way.
0: So have fun exploring, I think, is our summary message from this chat. Hopefully it's been helpful for you joining us, but just have some fun and laugh and fall over and pick each other up because that's what it's all about isn't it like, like you say I think the important point here for me to wrap up is like, it isn't about the de- it's going to sound a cliche but it isn't the destination that's important it really is that undulation of yeah we'll have bad days I have two of them last week where I overthought my way into a stupor and then I just laughed afterwards because you know what's going on <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah that understanding is is so brilliant to know that
0: how can people find you if they want to follow you, maybe work with you, learn more about your work? Um, Helen, what's the best way to reach you?
1: Yeah, cool. So um, there's my website. So I guess you'll put some link in the show notes. Yep. Sure cool. thing. So um, Wild Fig Solutions, but yeah, link in the show notes. And I've got links through from there to my social media, but basically I'm on everything. So Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Yeah. So yeah, find me wherever it takes you fancy.
0: Lovely. And I'd also love to offer another invitation. I know we're all inundated with um, newsletters, but I strongly can recommend Helen's is brilliant. And if you sign up to Helen's um, newsletter, you will actually get her free ebook as well, which brings a lot of this stuff to life as well. Um, So thank you, Helen. It's been wonderful to speak to you again.
1: Thank you, Gary. Thanks for having me on.
0: Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us in that recent exploration. We hope you gained some value and we'd love to learn from you what you took away, what maybe challenged you, what new ideas that you have. Please do share this on your social media platforms if you feel moved. And you can find out more about Hexo Change at hexochangenow.com where you can subscribe for the weekly or bi-weekly updates where I'll update you with regard to in-person events, blogs, blogs, service offerings,
1: and other thoughts and ideas that come to mind hope to see you around